Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the holy shit, I can't believe that happened edition. Yeah, that's relatable. <laughs> that is, it's like every day for the last three years. <laughs> Just about. Yeah. I'd say yes. We're about at that point where, like, anything that happens, we're like, I'm not surprised anymore. No. Like, I'm just We're not. all dead inside. We're all dead inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure you're about to change that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because today, today is episode 105. Let's talk about these survival stories. Hey. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. More dead you inside. No. <laughs> these, are, these are good things. Okay. Okay. These are, I'm excited. We're not dead inside. We're the opposite. Of We're alive. We're al- oh my god! That <laughs> That's was really so loud. loud. I'm so sorry to all of my neighbors um, <laughs> who I don't know. <laughs> we don't know them at all. No. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and this is someone I know very well. It's Dr. Marissa Riley. Oh my god! I know you too. <laughs> What a coincidence. What a coincidence. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. Um, I still don't, (laughs) but I am excited because... Yeah. Survival stories. I love a survival. I love surviving. Yes. (laughs) I do it every day. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening, you're a survivor. You have survived. You something. have survived some well shit. Well done. Give yourself a round of applause. You got, you, go. you got this for you now. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got this. Uh... Uh, today, today, my friends, is wild. We've got two very different kinds of survival stories, but both will leave you clutching your pearls. Oh, yes, exactly. I don't know why I did in English. <laughs> Oh, it's in the news. It's in the news. It's in the news. Yeah. Uh, in the first half of the show, we have your more traditional survival. Uh, it's one of suspense, absolute horror, impending death, and seems completely unbelievable. It's the classic "Oh shit, my parachute didn't open" story. No. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh. I am dying. Don't die. To hear this story. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm pumped. And of course, a story like this is brought to us by a member of the flock. Yes, I love the flock. <laughs> oh my God. And that <laughs> member is none other than returning champion, Lauren. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Love no, Lauren. Lauren. I almost said her name wrong. Love <laughs> Lauren. Dr. Riley is tired. I am tired. Lauren, <laughs> thank you so much. We see you. We're looking at you right now through the window of your house. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> uh, Lauren has been sending us incredible stuff from around the internet, like a stressed out, underpaid intern. Yeah, we got a Venmo you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lauren. Massive thanks. Uh, because Lauren's just awesome. And if y'all want to send us anything, DM us on social medias, email us. Details are in the show notes. Be like Lauren. Be like y'all Lauren. are interesting and yes. y'all know what's up. So don't be shy. Don't be shy. Send God. something over. Damn we it. will talk about it. Yes. <laughs> so in the second half of the show, we ask a question we've approached before on this show. What happens if you're missing a part of your brain? Oh, I love this question. Mm-hmm. I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> no. I am pumped. I've been I've been binging the Dahmer show oh. and doing nothing but listening to like Dahmer podcasts and reading Dahmer articles. And I'm a little more dead than usual inside, but he was very <laughs> interested in removing parts of the brain. Sort yeah. of. Drilling. 
the brain. Anyways, you do your own research on that. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. You're welcome. Uh, well, for us, way back in episode 090, we found out that some folks missing their olfactory area and even the left temporal lobe were a-okay. Remember That's that? That's right. Oh they, my they God. They were missing sec- chunks of the brain. Yeah. And it totally all worked fine. out. Totally it, okay. Yeah. But today we ask, what happens if you're missing an entire hemisphere? Like your left or right hemisphere, like the whole damn thing. This is one of those things where like, I'm positive. I think we've all thought like, am I going to go to the doctor and they're going (laughs) to figure out that part of my brain is missing. And that would explain why I'm so tired (laughs) all the time. (laughs) I'm just looking for the answer. What is it? It's not water. I drink plenty of it. It's true. I saw you down. I saw you shotgun some water just a moment ago. Yeah. (laughs) Did nothing. I'm kidding. It kind of helped. So, well, before we get into that wild study about the brain, uh, we need to go skydiving. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, let's answer another question. Everyone's favorite question when it comes to skydiving. What are the odds something will go terribly wrong? I think it's, um, I did glance down at the number yeah, on you your cheated. notes. I, I saw did, it. I totally cheated. <laughs> you totally cheated. But why don't you ta- why don't I you tell think us? it's really hard to, to get in trouble skydiving. It's, it's, your odds are pretty damn good. Why don't you uh, take it away? Tell us the facts. <laughs> I would Here love to. All right. From skydivecarolina.com. What a website. <laughs> I know. Whoa. It's official, damn it. All right. <laughs> Um, quote of the 33 million total. Nope, nope, one nope. more time. The, oh, <laughs> ah, sorry. Sorry. I went too far. Of the 3.3 million total skydives recorded in 2019 by USPA member drop zones, 15 resulted in a fatality, making the skydiving uh, death rate one in 220. Thousand three hundred and one. Not bad. That's not too bad. Uh, when considering the tandem-related skydiving uh, fatality rate, the number is one in five hundred jumps. And five hundred thousand. Five. Sorry, five hundred thousand <laughs> jumps. I'm so tired and probably missing a lobe. So. <laughs> so one in five hundred thousand. That's. Your odds are pretty, pretty actually damn good. That's not that bad, no, right? No. To yeah. Put, to put this into perspective, there's about 10 million car accidents a year, and three out of every 1,000 of those are fatal. So I'm sorry about that info, but here's the good news. Skydiving, not so bad. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> it's safer to go skydiving than it is to go to work. There you go. Ah, we should all stay home. Okay. There you go. <laughs> you just solved uh, that. Yep. So... For the rare chance something does go awry, what would be that? Well, Cassandra O'Hara of historyofyesterday.com reports, deaths resulting from skydiving can occur for several different reasons, like no-pull, low-pull, meaning that divers did not deploy their chute or did so at too low of an altitude. Mm. Uh, There's canopy collisions, landing problems, or... In our case study today, malfunctions and reserve chute problems. My biggest fear, and I have never been skydiving and never will. No. And it's still my biggest fear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm so scared someone's going to throw me out of a plane and I'm going to be like, nope, whoops, this isn't going to work. Nope. (laughs) So are we ready? (laughs) All right, well, we're heading on back in time to 1999, specifically September 25th, 
1999. It was an exciting day for Joan Murray, who at the time was a 47-year-old bank executive for Bank of America, living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Fuck yeah. And for a lot of ladies with family and are of that age, sometimes you just need a little bit more. You know? Get it, girl. Just, Get it, Joan. That's right. Joan. <laughs> I'm so happy for Joan. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, Joan discovered skydiving and fell in love with the thrill of hurling her body towards the earth at great speeds. So uh, let's get into that for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's talk so, about that. According to skydivetocumsa.com, yeah. <laughs> take that, South man. Carolina. Oh. <laughs> skydivetocumsa.com. Most skydiving centers in the U.S. jump from an altitude around 14,000 feet or around 4.2 kilometers or 2.6 miles up. Damn. The human body hits terminal velocity or top speed 45 to 60 seconds in at 120 miles per hour. Fun. That's actually really fun yeah. to think about. <laughs> I uh, That's so cool. If that's... I wasn't scared of heights, I, w- I would do it. Oh, my God. So, Joan was no amateur. She had several hours of training under her belt and had jumped about 35 other times. Wow. So on the morning of September 25th, she was pumped for her 36th. Yes. That's right, Joan. I, I didn't, knowing this podcast, though, it's a bad thing. <laughs> so not good. Uh, an hour away at Chester County, South Carolina, Joan geared up and got into the plane. The takeoff was smooth, and she got the all clear from the safety instructor when they reached the right altitude. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what happened after Joan took the leap. Oh my God, I'm so nervous for Joan. Okay, from <laughs> historyofyesterday.com, quote, approximately 45 seconds into her free fall, she reached for and pulled her hacky, or the small bar that deploys the parachute. She expected the release of a chute, which would slow her fall and allow her to coast safely to the ground. Instead, dot, 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 nothing happened. (laughs) She had to think quickly. Uh, That's what the reserve chute is for. She pulled and the reserve chute deployed just as it should. Everyone take a deep breath. She began to slow her descent, but then the unthinkable happened. She began to spin, end Mm. quote. Why does the quote end there? (laughs) You left me on almost a literal cliffhanger. (laughs) Yes, yes, my friends. The main chute had failed, and then the cords of the reserve chute became entangled. No. Joan fell over 13,000 feet in seconds with no backup plan. And at about 700 feet, it was all too late. Her reserve completely deflated, and onlookers waiting at the landing pad saw her hit the ground at 80 miles per hour. Thankfully, they were there because an emergency crew was called immediately. When the crew got to Joan, according to O'Hara, quote, the entire right side of her body was crushed due to the impact. It even knocked the fillings out of her teeth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Joan. I know. But my friends, they found her alive. Yes, Joan. Fucking doctors could not believe it. And weirder still, as they were stabilizing Joan and dealing with all of her massive injuries, they noticed about 200 small red bumps. Joan! Yeah. My friends, sit the fuck down and listen to this. Okay. If you're already sitting, sit harder. All right. (laughs) So, (laughs) those bumps were fire ant bites. Oh my god, no. No. Okay. Of all places, Joan had landed on a nest of fire ants, 
And between the time she landed and was rescued by the paramedics, those ants went to town protecting their home. Oh my God, she was like the head from Hereditary. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. If right. you've seen that movie, you know. You know the head. You can see it right now. Yeah, you're thinking about it. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us though, why was this crazy coincidence? Why was this crazy coincidence pretty much a fucking miracle? What? Yeah. Oh, let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. From history of yesterday, uh, quote: Fire ants secrete a venom known as Solinopsin. Solinopsin. I nailed it. Yes. Um, Continuing the quote, when the fire ants continued to sting Joan as she was waiting for medical personnel, they released this venom, which basically stimulated her nervous system and kept her heart beating. End quote. That is the coolest. Yep. That's fucking amazing. That what I mean, I was about to say what luck, but it's <laughs> a lot of unlucky things it's, about this. It's luck. But it what is. luck to land perfectly <laughs> on a fire ant hill or uh, situation house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking and they wild. Saved her life. They Yeah, my friends, venom from our little buddy the fire ant probably saved Joan's life. But before we get into how a few things about these creatures, yes. okay? There's about 200 species of them, maybe over 200 species of them. And according to the wiki, red imported fire ants are native to the tropical areas of Central and South America, where they have an expansive geological range that extends from southeastern Peru to central Argentina to the south of Brazil, just massive. Uh, the very warm climate of North Carolina is also suitable for them. Makes uh, sense. <laughs> happens to sure. ha- works out. Yeah. Uh, NCSU.edu reports imported fire. Uh, excuse me. Imported fire ants can be found in at least seventy-five to one hundred counties, including isolated areas in western North Carolina, where she was. They're right at home. Right at home. So. Just waiting for people to follow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. Wow. Uh, and boy, howdy, they will fuck with you if you disturb their nest. Yeah. Solenopsin is the main toxic component of fire ant venom. Uh, severe allergic reactions can be caused by ant stings, and those include nausea, severe sweating, loss of breath, serious swelling at bite areas, uh, fever, dizziness. They could be fatal if not treated. They could also cause severe chest pain due to increased heart rate. Oh, and in Joan's case, each bite was like a tiny defibrillator. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. And they were just enough to keep her alive on the trip to the hospital where a very long recovery process went underway. Quote, Joan remained in a coma for two weeks, but was able to make a full recovery after 20 reconstructive surgeries and 17 blood transfusions. She had rods placed in her legs and spikes in her pelvis to basically put her back together. Wow. She began physical therapy and was able to walk from her wheelchair to the car upon leaving the hospital, end quote, from O'Hara. I think Joan is my new mentor. (laughs) I love Joan. You know she had a smile. Oh, fuck yes. The whole fucking time. She was like, I fucking survived. Yeah. This. This. Fuck you guys. She she walked out of that that hospital with mm. two big thumbs up to <laughs> whatever higher power she believes in. She was like, <laughs> I did 
it. I love how you said tooth, big thumbs up, and you had your middle fingers up instead. Oh, oh, middle fingers. <laughs> I meant to say middle fingers. Um, I censored myself for the podcast, but there is no need for a censor on this podcast. No. Fuck no. No. So, Dr. Marissa, did Joan continue to skydive? Is she living her best to live, laugh, love life? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I believe yes. Take it away. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you the actual answer now. Uh, from <laughs> History of Yesterday, quote, in 2001, shortly after returning to work, she completed her 37th skydive. Amazing, Joan. Her response when she was asked if this jump was a success uh, it was perfect, she said. End quote. Amazing. Slow clap for Joan. Fucking, Fucking love Joan. Love Joan. What a story. What and, a hero. Uh, after the break. Yeah. What if I told you some folks with half a brain are doing all right? Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, the word of the day is hemispherectomy. She's a long one. <laughs> She's a long one. It's really long. Do you want to say it together? Yeah. Okay. Hemispherectomy. hemispherectomy. Nailed it. Um, that was yeah. a lot of energy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Reeling it in. So what in the world is this? All right, don't worry. I've got you. Hemispherectomy is a very rare neurosurgical procedure where one half of the brain, either the left or right hemisphere, is completely removed or disconnected. Horrifying. Horrifying. It's... Frankenstein sounding stuff yeah it's dramatic as fuck and yeah yeah but let's get into it let's get into it there better be good reason there's (laughs) uh speaking of which ben taub of ifl science explains quote such procedures are conducted as a last resort in extreme cases of childhood epilepsy and can help to reduce seizures that originate in one of the hemispheres, end quote. So I will say, as someone who has a lot of, like, debilitating issues, there... <laughs> I wouldn't say, like, terrible, terrible things, but really annoying things. Mm. Uh, debilitating I enough. Would, I would... I've gotten to the point where I'm like, if you if you could, like, cut out a part of me so I don't get yeah. motion sickness to the point of throwing up every time I get in a car... I'd fucking sign up for it. Yeah. I mean, this sounds absolutely terrifying. I don't know if I could do it. But if it's helping someone. Yeah. It, it's, and it's safe. And it's not a freaking lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds extreme. It sounds drastic. But like you said, what, about, what are the results? And the results are extremely successful. Uh, from ncbi.nih.gov. Seizure reduction rates after hemispherectomies have ranged between 50 and 92% with very low mortality rates. Wow. So it's, it's a successful procedure. Yeah. And hold on to your butts. A recent study has shown that people who have had this procedure done during childhood, again, a complete removal of one entire side of the brain during formative years, they were still good at recognizing faces and words as adults, like really good. Wow. Yeah. The study suggests a single hemisphere can completely rewire itself to perform the tasks of the missing hemisphere. <laughs> so I can do this. We got this. Uh, so the study suggests a single hemisphere can completely rewire itself to perform the tasks the missing hemisphere would normally tackle, all while still functioning and completing its own duties. That is incredible the brain is fucking wild when we were talking about it in um the other episode i was like in disbelief please please listen to that episode episode 090 episode 090 and your mind will be blown and then it will 
fucking fix itself. <laughs> it is so fucking cool. We all have them too. And they're all like <laughs> doing shit. It's amazing. Uh, so how in the hell did researchers discover this? Oh, to begin that's with, right? I, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> is it so, like is it like everything else in science where it was an accident? Oh, uh, this is this is deliberate. This is deliberate. <laughs> okay, but that's true. Ninety nine percent. Not of everything else in science, but I've heard a, a couple a big, big ones that were it's a big sort of accidents. Or whoopsie yeah. daisies. I'm like, oh, look at that. Yeah. So first things first. You got to get yourself 40 adult people who have had hemispherectomies as a child. Okay. Not a problem. Yeah. All right. Then you get yourself a control group of neurotypical adult volunteers. Okay. All right. Check. That's there easy. we go. So, Dr. Marissa, from IFL Science, what was the first test? Uh, what were these folks, folks asked to do? Oh, my God. I'm really curious. Okay. Quote, uh, participants were shown either a colorless face or a four-letter word for three quarters of a second before being presented with another word or face for just about, or for just two tenths of a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> continuing the quote, uh, they were then asked to determine whether the two words or faces they had just seen were the same or different. End quote. I mean, as someone who has not had this procedure. It sounds difficult. <laughs> it sounds I don't know if I could do it. It does sound hard. Yeah, my friends, words and faces were flashed before them in some cases for less than half a second. So how did they perform? Drum roll, please. <laughs> Folks who had half their brain removed had an accuracy rate of a little over 80%. Well done. Yeah. And Nailed get, it. Yeah, and get this. Word or face accuracy didn't even depend on which hemisphere they had. Wow. Wow. Yeah, researchers noted, quote, the single left hemisphere or right hemisphere patients showed comparable performance on face and word recognition. Didn't matter. I am in disbelief because <laughs> I know I know very little about my brain. I know what we've talked about. But I do know that different parts of the brain do completely different things. Yes. Yeah. So that's incredible yep. that she's just like, have you ever seen uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh my God, uh, it's been a while. The Tim Burton movie? Yeah, There's one part where um, the guy who makes Sally kind of like tosses some stuff in, he like pulls stuff out of his brain yeah. or something and then it re like populates itself. Almost. Yeah. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, DM me personally. <laughs> I'll I'll find the clip. I'll find a picture of it because it's fascinating because his brain kind of does this yeah. in a very literal form. It just kind go. of is like, I'm sorry, I'll stop talking. No, you go uh, on with the science. <laughs> I mean, Tim Burton. How else do you learn? I think he pulls. <laughs> I think he pulls a part of his brain out and he makes another like being. That's, well, that's right? awesome. Okay, I'll find a gif. How does that sound, everyone? Hey, look, that's cloning. None of them can respond to me because this is a podcast. <laughs> okay. That's that's cloning. Nature does it all. We talk about that shit all the time on but, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's just totally real. Yeah. Totally real. Nightmare, Nightmare Before Christmas, accurate. Full real. It's a documentary. <laughs> it really happened. <laughs> so, uh, ah, so, my friends. Uh, oh, wait, nope. Let's move on from that. Got to get back to my notes. Okay, so Dr. Marissa has summed up. <laughs> As summed up by uh, Tom Haub? Haub. Haub. 
Tom Haub. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, was, what was the second experiment? Did the researchers target specific hemispheres? Oh my God, I would love to talk about it. All right, quote, in a second experiment, the study authors sought to limit those in the control group by using one hemisphere at a time. Uh, participants had to recognize words and faces that appeared at the side of a screen rather than the center. Objects uh, viewed in the left half of the visual field are generally processed by the right hemisphere and vice versa. So it's kind of like a diagonal, oh, end quote. So it's kind of like a diagonal situation. Yeah, that's right, my friend. Very interesting. This part is pretty simple yet ingenious. Just move the object to one side to deliberately activate one hemisphere. Okay. Yeah. So what about the folks who are missing one or the other? How'd they do? Drum roll. Well, overall, the control group did perform better than those with a hysterectomy. Uh, hysterect <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Oh, no. It's okay. So the control group did perform better than those with a hemispherectomy, but something really bizarre happened. Okay. When looking at words displayed on the left side of the screen, controls were no better at recognizing those words than folks with one hemisphere, regardless of each side was wow. removed. For some reason, wow. the, left, the left side of the screen, not a problem. I... Yeah, it's weird. There's... Yeah. Right? Well, I think, is it because you read left to right? Or are oh, people in, what, in the Western, uh, world? In the Western yeah. world read uh, left to right? So maybe... Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You're used to like... Seeing focusing left, left yeah i don't know maybe that's it has a, something to do with that that is an awesome theory something Damn. in film is like that too where on one side of the screen they put things that want to they want to make you feel really uncomfortable with i forgot yeah. which side it is there you go yeah that is fucking awesome good yeah. point think about it thank you doctor you're welcome so, quote Altogether, the findings indicate that a single developing hemisphere either left or right may be sufficiently plastic for comparable representation of faces and words, wrote the authors. This demonstrates the remarkable plasticity of the developing brain, end oh. quote. Now, developing brains are the key words here. One study published back in 2012 noted adults with left hemisphere lesions took 100 times longer to read words, while those with damage to the right hemisphere made 10 times as many mistakes on facial recognition. Wow. Yeah. In okay. some... Because brains are still developing as children grow, the body has time to adjust. Yeah. Uh, but when you're already an adult, it's going to take much longer. It's like learning a language. Apparently, it's easier as a kid. Yeah. I am spouting a lot of information that like I've read in like one or two <laughs> headlines. So listen to Jill. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Lol. Uh, but yeah, um, I forgot hey, what look. I was saying. Tell me more. Tim Burton and headlines. That's all you need, really. There you go. So, you know what? Let's hear it for the brain. She's working so hard. So please, just stop doing stupid shit, people. For the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> Drink the... some water. Sit down. <laughs> close your eyes. I don't know. What else can you do for your Take brain? Take a nap. Take a nap. Take a, God... Take a goddamn nap. You deserve it. That's right. You're awesome. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> And then tell your friends about Joan. Yes. Joan! Who Joan! Hit, the ground, hit the ground at 80 miles per hour. And then, and then she got the fuck back up. <laughs> That's right. Like a goddamn... I, I don't know any other words for hero. <laughs> <laughs> like a goddamn hero. Yeah. 
and the ants. Tell a little about people missing half their brain. Yeah, and they're doing great. Uh, great. And uh, please. Oh, wait. Actually, thank you. Forgot to thank you for listening, rating, subscribing. Oh, yeah. Y'all are the best. Y'all are killing it. Keep on doing this thing. (laughs) Please keep doing it. And please, stay interesting. Oh, please do.